It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play! Reflux Show! Welcome to the Big Play Reflog Show. I'm your host, Nick Padone, packed house in studio once again. Gabriella Cruz in studio, Big Play Dave producing. What up? And Mr. Chris McNeil. What's going on, Chris? Big week. Everybody here was traveling, it seems. I just got back from New York, and we'll get to it. You guys are in spring training, so it's good to have everybody back for the week. Yeah, definitely. We we all made our schedules very clear that we had to be back by Monday night to do this show. So let's get right into it. We're going to start out with Power Rank Monday. We're going to talk a little bit of NBA All-Star. We'll recap that. After that, we're going to get into our featured interview of the night with Justin Lada. That's presented by Labatt as well. And we are going to talk some Guardians baseball. Very exciting stuff, especially right off the heels of our trip out to Goodyear Gab. After that, we're going to get into some Cleveland headlines brought to you by Shaq News. Then we'll finish things up with our big play bets presented by Typico Sportsbook, the exclusive sportsbook of the Big Play Network. So let's get things going with Power Rank Monday. All righty, this Power Rank is brought to you by Labatt. The NBA All-Star festivities were this weekend. G-Leaguer Mac McClung had everyone online buzzing after winning the NBA dunk contest. So we are going to Power Rank our favorite or the best dunk contest performances of all time. Now, there's definitely been some great ones throughout history. It feels like they might have tapered a little bit in more recent years. So everybody's going to go around the table and uh, give us a dunk contest that you really enjoyed tapered. I mean, there's been some horrible ones. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> Let, been. Some let's re- be honest. There's been. I can't even tell you who won it last year, Dave. <laughs> no, me. <either>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, do you have a dunk contest that comes to mind when you're talking well, about the best? I guess the old head of the group out here. Um, you know, going back to Michael Jordan. You know, um, his dunk contest. The fact that Wheaties kind of. And I remember this as a kid. They immortalized it by having a series of posters that they came out with 
that like had different dunks of his, both from the dunk contest and in real life during games. And uh, the dunk contest was featured pretty prominently in these. And you put them all together and then you turn it over and you have a big Michael Jordan um, poster on the back. Now, of course, as a Cavs fan, I hated Jordan, but that still was pretty cool to me. So I always remember that. And the second one that we nobody really talks about anymore, but was kind of cool at the time. Do you remember Cedric Sabalos when he did the blindfolded dunk? No, I do remember that one. I don't remember that. He can see or not. I don't even remember that name. Cedric Sabalos? Really? He played for the Suns, and uh, he did a blindfolded dunk. Yeah, and everybody, the big debate was whether he could actually see or not because he took off from, you know, like a step or so in front of the uh, free throw line and dunked it, and it was a good dunk and everything else, and everybody was debating, could he actually see out of the blindfold? Yeah. Let's see. I'm going to have to look that up now when the <laughs> next person goes and see what year it was, <laughs> or if I just dreamt that. I don't know. Good stuff, Chris. Yeah, we were talking a little bit. I feel like kind of bring some of the new school dunks to it. You and me kind of have the yeah. same vivid memory of one specific. Because I don't – you're right. I think I only pay attention when it's something that really stood out, and – um I do remember watching live the Dwight Howard Superman. I guess I made it up in my head that he came out of the phone booth. No, I found the footage. He came out of a phone okay, booth. Okay, all right, because yeah, yeah, I looked it did. up today, and I was like, maybe I made that up because what I saw it was just him getting the cape on. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember the phone booth and the whole theatrics of it was really cool and unique, and then he delivered. So I remember that one being pretty cool. Yeah, that one was super cool. They brought out, like, a 12-foot hoop. Like, I remember, like, they had the normal hoop, and then they, like – they raised another hoop like way taller than that one. And he still did it like somewhat easily. I mean, Dwight Howard's a gigantic guy and he just like, you know, plopped the ball right through. You guys know his, he plays like basketball in Taiwan right now. And then his team is horrible. They're like three and 11. I wondered what happened to him. <laughs> I'm actually glad you brought that up. I was getting, that He's was my next Google play, search. Playing pro basketball in Taiwan team. Not too great. Hey, good for him. Right. <laughs> Dave, what, what is your, you know, Best favorite dunk contest ever. Okay, before Dave goes, I've, I've got my answer. Cedric Sabalos was yeah. 1992. Okay. He did the blindfolded dunk. And actually, when I was Googling it, it came up with a quote from Michael Jordan. I said that it was debated whether he could see or, or not. And Michael Jordan said, you know damn well that Sabalos had to see where he was going. So that was kind of the vibe. A lot of people were calling fraud on that Cedric Sabalos dunk in 1992, which for some reason is top of mind for me. I've totally seen that one on YouTube. So my yeah. favorite, like growing up, was Dominique. But and then we had like a... 25 year hiatus of like no good dunk contests yeah. and then chris do you remember this it was aaron gordon and zach levine i think that might have been the best dunk contest of all time yeah those two and i think aaron gordon actually won it me too he should have won it remember the mascot on the like the hoverboard and he was spinning around and he there, grabbed there the was ball. one that aaron gordon did and it was like it w- he was up in the air and he went under his legs and then dunked it. Yeah, and it was it didn't even look real. Yeah, it looked like that DK Metcalf vertical jump. <laughs> like it looked photoshopped. Yeah, that was honestly like I feel like the dunk contest probably peaked right there because that yeah, wasn't too long sure. ago. I think that was probably like ten years ago now. Was um, it really? Yeah, it was a while ago. God, that feels like it was like three years yeah, ago. Yeah, because that was like Levine and Aaron Gordon, they was like their rookie year, maybe second year. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the best ones. Mine is a How little about bit the of dunk a dunk over the car. 
that it didn't peak there. Was that Blake? That Blake was Griffin? Griffin? Blake Griffin over the Kia. Yeah, I think that was overrated. Yeah, I did too. He jumped over the short part of the car. He didn't yeah, clear he did. the car. He jumped over the hood. And it wasn't like a huge Kia. Let's you know. Yeah, and it was Do all. You it was just like through the alley oop on that. It was Baron Davis out the sunroof. Cavs legend oh, Baron yeah. Davis. Right? Yep. Mine is a little bit like random. Mine is Gerald Green blowing out the cupcake. He, it was 15 years ago. We just pulled the clip up on YouTube. Did he play for the Suns? Was that Gerald he might have? He was on the, the Celtics. He was on the Timberwolves kind of at the time. Yeah, okay. It was dunk. And they put the cupcake on the rim and went up with a lighter and actually lit a candle on top of the cupcake. And he dunked and blew out the candle on the cupcake, but the cupcake didn't fall off. Like I he made a point that. to keep the cupcake on there. And the call is so funny because you got like, you know, the usual suspects on TNT and <laughs> they blew it out, Chuck. You know, they were just having a great time. So <laughs> yeah, that's my most memorable one is when he blew out that cupcake. I don't know why I thought that was so cool. Anybody remember who won the first dunk contest? Oh, you're getting into my trivia, trivia? Chris. Uh-oh. Oh, oh did we, I? Should we leave that alone? Yeah, don't uh, don't okay. spoil it. We'll save that one for later. Good tease. That's, good tease, Chris. <laughs> no Vince Carter mentions. No Vince Carter. Yeah, one probably like he the was dunk probably the best go. overall. Yeah. yeah, like especially like his tenure of dunk contests. You know, he did it multiple times. Um, okay, let's get into our featured interview and talk some Guardians baseball. Spring yeah. training starts. Yes. Games start, boys, this weekend. So let's get into it. Our featured interview this week. All righty, joining us in studio, we have Guardians writer for next year in Cleveland and co-host of Locked on Guardians. It is Justin Lada. Justin, what is going on? Thank you for joining us in the Big Play Burke studio. Yeah, thanks for having me down here. Nice setup. Congratulations on your guys' big move. I'm excited to talk some Guardians baseball with you guys. Absolutely. We're excited for it, too. Uh, I'm sure you've heard Gab and I took a quick saunter out west, so we're definitely looking forward to some Guardians baseball on the pod. Let's start here, and especially with your wheelhouse kind of being in the prospect world and covering the prospects, the Guardians got a lot of production, a ton out of their rookies last year. Who are some of the prospects that you're excited for in 2023, this coming season, that could kind of make that Oscar Gonzalez, Stephen Kwan kind of contribution right away? Is there anybody that immediately comes to mind? Yeah, it's going to be difficult. I mean, they had 17 rookies make their debut a year ago, so how do you fit more rookies onto the (laughs) roster? Uh, we did see a little bit of Will Brennan last year. I think there's more big things to come for Will Brennan this year, uh, like his game a lot. As far as pitchers go, you know, unfortunately we did hear some news about Daniel Espino being hurt. That's going to be a real big bummer. Um, other guys who have been hurt too. But Logan Allen, I mean, up there, not not the Logan Allen that was here a few years ago, but the prospect Logan Allen, uh, he could make his way up here sometime this year. Tanner Bybee, Gavin Williams, if all those guys stay healthy. I mean, a couple of those guys have some interesting roster timelines, but – if you want to talk pitching and some guys they can get into the back of the rotation, I'd say Bybee Williams and Logan Allen are a couple guys you could see uh, help out the rotation sometime this year, hopefully. You talked a little bit there about Espino. We were uh, with the pitchers doing some content down there in Phoenix. Um, they always have a way, do the Guardians, of finding great pitchers and developing them. Are there any prospects that look like they could be the next future kind of Kluber, Bieber, how we've had this kind of hierarchy. Is there anybody that comes to mind? Obviously, those are huge expectations, but you could see like that could be a dude down the road. 
Yeah, I think the guy that most people point at is Tanner Bybee. I mean, he was a lot like Shane Bieber in college, where he would he was in California, was the guy who threw, you know, 89, 90, 93. And then last year in spring training, people were talking about him throwing, you know, 94, 95. And then he got out to the minor leagues last year, and he just blew everybody away. And his stuff is getting better. So I think if you're talking about a guy who can make the leap that maybe nobody was really on nobody's radar, uh, Tanner Bybee is definitely the one. Then I would say the other guy would probably be Justin Campbell, who was part of their draft class last year. That's a guy who I think maybe steps into the Tanner Bybee spotlight where nobody thought about him a year ago, and now he's a top 100 prospect. I think Justin Campbell among uh, their 2022 draft class is a guy who kind of follows him. Justin, how, how long have you been doing the prospect list? Longer than I'd, I'd like to admit. I think, you know, <laughs> I did. I started doing this in 2007. I was just graduating high school, and okay. back then the prospects were a little older than I was. Now it's definitely the other way around, and... <laughs> Every day, it makes me feel a little bit older, which is pretty fun. But no, I've been doing it for quite a long time. It's been I really enjoy it. Was there anyone that, like back then, you were like, "This guy's going to be really, really good," and it actually like, worked out? Where you're like, "Wow, I was completely right on this guy." Actually, I don't think anyone would believe this, but if you would find the people who I shared the press box with in Lake County, I cut most most of my coverage is just the captains because I used to live on the east side. Um, was Jose actually Jose Ramirez? Uh, I know he was like an out of nowhere for everybody. But he was there with, with Francisco Lindor in 2012, and when he got there, it was just such a great story. He took off, and you know we were talking to the managers about it, and they were like, I can't believe this kid hasn't been up here this entire time. And after we saw him in 2012, we're like, this kid, I, I don't know who really thought he was going to be a star and MVP, but we thought he was yeah. going to be a good player, and that worked out pretty good. How about the other way? Anybody you thought was going to have a huge, bright future and then just oh, totally yeah. flopped? Yeah, more, more than Jose Ramirez, for sure. I mean, there were there were tons of guys I thought were going to be super good. Bo Mills, who uh, was Brad Mills' son, uh, former Indians coach, I thought he had a great future. There was a bunch of other guys I thought were going to have great futures. Actually, Bo Mills was the first guy I interviewed uh, as a prospect. He looked like Tom Brady. If you've ever seen this picture, he looks a lot like Tom Brady. And I told him that. He goes, yeah, I get that all the time. And he was one of the prospects that was older than me. I was doing the interviews, but uh, things. All right, so he's doing fine. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. He does. He's a spitting. He could do birthday parties <laughs> and impersonate Tom Brady. No kidding. He looks just like him. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> What's his name? Bo Mills. Bo Mills. Bo Mills. All right. I remember him. Justin, what kind of impact do you think Josh Bell's going to have on the lineup this year? I think a big one. I mean, that that should be good protection for Jose Ramirez, right? Right in that four spot, a guy who makes a lot of contact, but also draws some walks and, and has immense power if he can get to it. So I think he's really a good fit for this team and his personality. And I think his wife is, is from somewhere in Ohio. They met in Ohio. So oh, okay. that's always, you know, a lot of fun. So I think he'll be, he'll fit like a glove, I think, for this team. Who's the Guardians' biggest competition, do you think, in the Central this year? I, I've been getting this wrong for a couple of years now. The Twins were good last year, but I, a couple of years I've been saying the Twins are going to be good. I, I think the Twins are still the biggest threat. You know, they got Carlos Correa back. They added a pitcher. Their pitching's not like high end quality, but it's it's pretty deep and good. I keep saying they're going to be a good team, and they haven't quite proven me right yet. But you know, they were on the heels for a little bit last year. I know the White Sox were too, but I still have a lot of reservations about the White Sox. So I'm still going to say the Twins, as far as the AL Central is concerned. Mm -hmm. Do you think too, even with the addition of Josh Bell, do you think this team's going to be able to hit enough? to do what we need to do, get into the playoffs, advance in the playoffs, maybe a little farther than we did last year? Yeah, I, th I think they can hit enough for the regular season. I mean, it's definitely going to be a lot like last year where they are relying on contact to win games, and that's going to be hit or miss. You're going to have stretches where things are super frustrating. Uh, you know, you hope that like guys like Andres Jimenez don't, 
fall back. They don't have a little bit of regression. You know, a lot of young guys are relying on Stephen Kwan to have that leap in the second year and Will Brennan, Oscar Gonzalez, all those guys. But, you know, you have Jose, you have Bell. Naylor was good last year. You bring in a veteran like Mike Zanino, hopefully they can avoid some of those pitfalls. But I think the offense will be similar to last year where there, there's going to be some frustrating times where they score one or two runs and they lose three or four games in a row. But I think overall their offense should be as good as it was a year ago or hopefully a little bit better. And we'll see if they can make any additions too throughout the year. You know, one of the things that they were kind of applauded for last year was just the overall strategy of just making contact, right? Just getting the ball out there. Things will happen. And with that comes a little bit of luck. Uh, is there any fear that this season, you know, even though starting to put the ball in play, we start to do the same things and maybe that luck isn't there. Is there any concerns from you that uh, it may run out that way or, or can we just kind of keep riding this thing? No, I think that's a totally valid concern. Batting average on balls in play, you know, I don't know how many people are really are listening to that, but that's a very thing that fluctuates. And I don't know, we'll see how the, the I don't want to say banning the shift, because teams can still shift. They just banned how it actually is going to work and how you can position infielders. But um, that could come into play quite a bit for them. And, and look, they were first in the league last year. I think contact rate is a team, but they were also last in hard hit rate. So they make a lot of contact. It's not always the best contact. And it, Remains to be seen if that's actually a great strategy. But, yeah, I do I do think there is some fear of regression for some guys to come back to earth. And um, if they can't, if they can run that kind of batting average all year again. So you talked a little bit about a rule change there. Talk to us, you know, for everybody who maybe doesn't follow baseball as closely as you do. What are the new changes? Walk us through that for this upcoming season that we haven't seen before in Major League Baseball. Yeah, so we talked about the shift chain or the uh, shift banning, quote unquote, a little bit. So you have to have uh, four infielders, two on the left side, two on the right side. They can't, you know, you can't put your second baseman or your shortstop behind second base. They have to be on one other side of the base. You can't have a fifth infielder. So the teams will find workarounds for that. Um, it's definitely going to make how teams position infielders a little bit different. But the other thing, too, is the pitch clock, too. We've seen this in the minor leagues where you get 20 seconds with a runner on base and 15 seconds with nobody on base. Uh, pitchers, there's some varying views in the minors on that, but overall it's been a pretty good thing. Game times have been shorter. Uh, it's paced the game a little bit better, too, and, and the bigger base. I don't think the bigger base is going to be noticeable to fans, but it'll be better what do, for what the do, players. We that about that. What do you think that meeting was like? Like, we're going to add three inches. I, I would really like to see what they said about, like, what impact they think was going to have on that. I would assume it's got to be health related. Like nobody's no, sliding as close as the accidents. Bag. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, the replays they do where the guy's finger is off the bag for like a 10th of a second and the tag is on and they call him out. I hate yeah. those. Yeah. Remember when that happened to Lindor? It's yeah. happened a lot. I feel yeah, like we might HD get more of those now though with a bigger base. Why? Just more surface area to slide your hand right off of. I don't know. Like jam a finger. You mean? Yeah. yeah. Could. Huh. I yeah. think the bigger bases were meant so they can try to hang on to the base okay. a little longer, bigger surface. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but I think the idea was for them to have a little more surface area to hang on to. We'll see if that actually tracks. I don't know. Major League Baseball has put you know all kinds of rules in before that probably haven't worked out the best. We so should have we'll had see. that Photoshop. I know what you're talking about. Jose the one Altuve? Yeah, yeah. Like the or where they put? Yeah. Oh, oh, you did the side-by-side -side one? Yeah. They had a really like funny one of like, this is Jose Altuve on the new base, and it yeah. was just like they shrinked him down on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like right next to this like meteor. Uh, yeah. yeah. We'll see. It we'll see fine. what happens. And so that's about it for the role changes. Yeah, I think the shift, 
the pitch clocks, which I, I think most fans will like the pitch clock thing, and then the bases, we'll see. Do you think the shift, the, like the whole banning the shift concept, like helps or hurts the Guardians, if you had to say one way or another? I would say it helps them. I think a lot of teams were shifting on them last year, you know, for guys to make contact. I mean, Quan was shifting on a lot. Jose, we've seen for years, mm -hmm. has shifted on a ton. Josh Bell has been one of those guys, Josh Naylor. So I think overall it's going to help them. I don't know if we're talking to like a huge incremental, like a huge across the board change, but I think certain guys are going to benefit from it for sure. What's the what's the penalty going to be if like they're like on the wrong side uh, by uh, like uh, it's going to be like six little inches. Yeah, stand like, here. <laughs> what are they going to do to enforce that? Any idea? So there was this proposal of like this like shape they were going to put in front of the bases. Like it was supposed to be like a V. I forget what they called it. There was like some kind of term and uh, they were going to put like a a V shape around the base. Like you couldn't go in front of the bases. Like, <laughs> so there's this restricted area. Basically it was going to be like the NBA's, uh, the part of the key where you, it's the restricted area you can't be in. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That is funny. I don't think they're doing it, but it was proposed. I think a lot of proposals. Yeah. The baseball does have a lot of proposals. I don't think I ever asked you guys this, but how did you like in the extra innings having the, the runner on? I, I think it's fine. Like I, I, I would wish I wish they would do it where it was like the eleventh or twelfth inning. Okay. I don't know what percentage of games go like super long. I know we saw the fifteen inning game last year, but like, you know, let them let them go out and pitch the tenth inning, see what happens. If they don't score, you know, maybe implement it then, give them one more chance to do it. It makes sense in the minor leagues because you're trying to get those guys off the field and and not healthy. But I think in the majors, like you know, give them give them another three out, see what happens. Interesting. Yep. I liked it. There were times that I liked it and times that I didn't. I felt, and I, that's, <laughs> that's fair. I felt like, but that's a good thing, right? Because it was like the ultimate, like, it was kind of like a neutralizer. Like, sometimes yeah. you lost a game because of it. And it's like, damn, that stupid rule. But then sometimes you won a game because of it. And it's like, yeah, that rule ain't that bad. So I feel like that's how you know it was kind of a, an all right change. And I think it just depends on the team you're playing, too, because you're like, yeah, we could really, true. yeah. Yeah, like we could go deeper on them if there wasn't that ghost runner. Right. I see what you mean. All right, so you kind of mentioned basketball in that restricted area, you know, take with the rule change. And we saw that you had somewhat of a controversial take uh, on Twitter yesterday. Would you really want to see the MLB go full NBA All-Star and do live drafts like right before the game? Yeah, I, I think the first of all, I think the NBA All-Star game was, was not great. Like the play is not great. But yes, the, the draft yeah. would be great. Why wouldn't you like to see like Bryce Harper and, and Mike Trout in the same team or see you know, Shane Bieber getting to face Jose Ramirez in the All-Star game or Clayton Kershaw, I don't know, facing one of his Dodgers teammates like Mookie Betts. Why wouldn't that be, you know, super fun? You saw, uh, was it Jalen Brown? Yeah, and, and Tatum. Other, Jason Tatum got to square off a little bit. That was really cool. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, bring that to Major League Baseball. I mean, the game doesn't mean anything anymore. You know, they don't do it for the World Series and all that kind of stuff. And with interleague play being around and, and the balanced schedule, you play every team every year now, there's no mystique of of the World Series being the first time you're you're playing the other league. So why not just incorporate? I, th I think they could use some fresh ideas. In a few years, we'll be able to like travel to a metaverse where Shohei Otani will be able to put on two different headsets and he'll be able to pitch and hit his own at bats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's where we're going to be at with all-star games. Oh boy. <laughs> where do we go from there? <laughs> Take us out of the metaverse for a second and, and down here to Columbus, Ohio. I, I live in Columbus, right outside of Columbus. So I go to a handful of Clippers games every year. Are there any guys down here I should keep an eye on who may have an interesting year and maybe peek their head up with the big club or somebody who they're developing who's of particular interest to you? 
Yeah, Columbus is going to be interesting to see how they kind of use that roster as a, a holding pen for reserves. I mean, you're going to have a couple of pitchers down there. George Valera, obviously I think a lot of people are familiar with him. He's on the 40-man roster, and he had a little bit of a cameo last year for Columbus. He'll be down there, you know, waiting for his turn in right field whenever that comes up. John Kenzie Noel was in Columbus for like a week last year, and I don't know if you've seen him, but he looks like a defensive end. And he hits the ball like 500 feet and he hits it really hard. So that, and you've seen that ballpark in Columbus, it doesn't hold a lot of baseballs. Like you can get the ball out of there real quick and real far. So uh, John Kinsenwell probably is going to break a few windshields down in Columbus. Is that going to be like our new Bobby Bradley? I, cause I have seen this guy and he's built like a DN and he pimps him out of there. I think this might be the new guy that like the show falls in love with. Just calling it early. (laughs) Chris. Yeah, no Bobby Bradley slander, by the way. Do not try that on my show. Oh, man. I mean, we weren't slandering him, but we got to find somebody new to pull for. Right, right. If you like a guy that hits 500-foot home runs, I mean, John Kinsenwell like is your guy. There's definitely, there we go. you know, Chris, you want to mute yourself for a second, but it's uh, it's definitely, there's some Bobby Bradley risk there, but he's a fun player to watch. So, <laughs> like I said, Columbus fans will enjoy him. Down in the house that Bobby Bradley built in Columbus, <laughs> Ohio. Chris, you enjoyed the hell out of that Clipper season. Oh, yeah, the assassin. Gotta love the guy. I mean, you gloss him with that kind of a moniker. He was like down here. He seemed like a good guy and just could not cut it. What happened with Bobby Bradley? I'll ask you, Justin. He, to my knowledge, he is not on a roster. He's a free when, agent. Yeah, Cleveland released yeah. him last year. No, I knew that. I mean, what happened with his game? Like, oh. it did not translate. Yeah, to how, did, how did you rank him? Because we obviously know way less than you, but like, we all thought he was going to be good. <laughs> yeah, that's debatable. Um, yeah, early on, when I saw him in Lake County, I was like, yeah, this, this guy can really hit. Like, he. He won the Triple Crown, I think, in like Arizona League, and he was hitting baseballs off the batting cages at Classic Park in Lake County, and we all thought he was going to be the next, you know, great middle of the order hitter they had. And then as he moved up, definitely started to move him down the rankings. Like I think I had him like a top ten prospect at one time, and then probably coming into two years ago, I think he was like out of my top twenty because I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to make the kind of contact that is going to go for that, and that that is my concern with Noel too. But you know, we'll see. So take us quickly around baseball. Who do you think is going to be the big teams in the AL and the NL? Who you look? Who do you see make a big, big uh, uh, splash in the playoffs and, and be your favorites for the World Series? Outside of the Guardians, <laughs> outside of the Guardians, yeah, I would like to see them get one more round this year and at least beat the Yankees this time around because I'm sure the Yankees yeah. will be back in there. I don't know. The AL East is going to be super brutal. I mean, you have the Rays who are always around. I really like Toronto's roster. Uh, Seattle went out and got couple guys, they went out and traded from outfielder from Toronto, Teoscar Ty- Hernandez. I think Seattle is going to be good now that they've kind of broken their uh, drought getting into the playoffs. Yeah. I think they could be really good. And, of course, the West isn't that strong. I think the Astros aren't as good as they were. So I would say, yeah, the Seattle, Toronto, New York, Tampa Bay. I would watch out for Baltimore a little bit, too. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but they've got an interesting young bunch of hitters, and they've got to find pitching from somewhere. But they've got some good hitters. The National League, I don't know, that's – Anybody from the NL East, right? The Phillies had a giant offseason. The Mets had a giant offseason. The Braves had a giant offseason. That's just going to be one big slugfest to get out of the NL East. And everybody after that is just kind of trying to hope they have some unfortunate luck, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Justin, great stuff. Thank you so much for popping into the studio. Tell everybody a little bit about where they can find your work and uh, find the podcast, too. Yeah, Lockdown Guardians. We're Monday through Friday covering, I think the slogan is your team every day. So we talk about the Guardians five days a week, even in the offseason when there isn't a lot to talk about. We're trying to find stuff to do. And 
Uh, yeah, well, what do you guys talk about? We need about? a Jacanzi <laughs> Noel. Wait, wait. Like also, because you're here, I feel like this goes under the radar a lot, but nobody brings up Miles Straw, and I feel like he took a little bit of a dip this year. That's one player I'd really like to see just get back to his old form, his 2021 form even. I think just his batting average and everything, he looked really good, and I feel like he was a little bit ran into a wall this year, especially towards the end. He was he was up and down a little bit. What do you think? He had a good note. Like he, yeah, his July and August, I think, were not great. It was it was a struggle for quite a while, but he ended the year on a pretty good note. He was pretty good in September, got a couple hits in the playoffs. I think he'll be okay. I think he just went through a rough stretch, and he probably will have those stretches again. But you know, when you play the kind of defense he does, yeah, I think there's a yeah. lot he can still do for you. I just remember thinking in 2021, he was like one of those players. Like, remember how Miller would come in, and you just knew he was always gonna do something for you. I remember just categorizing him in my mind as someone who was just always going to like, like almost how Steven Kwan is now, you know, you just always know you can rely on him. So I was, I was bummed out. He went through a couple rough patches. I, I think, and like you said, he, he did end on a good note. He helped us out in the playoffs a little bit, but I'd like to see him just have the dog in him a little bit more consistently this year. Yeah. What he did in New York. I think he's got plenty of dog in him. I think he's, yeah. he's fighting out there every game. Yeah. He'll figure something out. He'll, he'll find a way to contribute, whether it's the batter on the bases or, or in the outfield. Yeah. 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 You know, that Yankee series is going to be I, a big one. I think that's yeah. what I love about him. He's become one of my favorite players just because of his personality and because he goes to, well, pun intended, goes to bat for his teammates. But like, <laughs> I'd like, I'd like to see him really put up the, the offensive numbers too. Yeah. I just enjoy his relationship with Stephen Kwan. They're always trying to bring each other down in a, in a you know playful way, but I, I really enjoy that. You can see this team is really close, yeah. too, which I think is fun. They they really enjoy each other. I didn't know that about those two until I had them on a panel at Guards Fest, and they were just – I think it was Josh Naylor telling me that he was like, yeah, Stephen and Miles hate each other, but, like, they love each other. Like, they're brotherly. They just always – like, when we announced, I think – when we announced Miles Straw, Steven was like, boo. <laughs> Just they have a great banter. And and that's why I really like what uh, Miles brings that sort of that veteran presence, but also that personality, that scrappiness to him. So, yeah, it is. Their chemistry is just this team is fun. I know it's so cliche to say, but I'm hoping for bigger and better things this year. Yeah, same here. I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch again. I mean, the teams that have the best chem- chemistry are the ones that are fun to watch and, and usually go far. That's why we need the Browns just to follow All suit. Right. Next okay. time. <laughs> That's a good way to end it. Justin, thanks so much for popping in, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is a lot of fun. Justin Lotta, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to go find him. Lockdown Guardians podcast, where we are expecting, Justin, before you get out of here, we're expecting that Jacanzi Noel feature episode in the coming weeks. Oh, boy. What kind of spot did I put myself in with that? <laughs> yeah, when he comes up to the major leagues and has like a strikes out like 20 times and 30 at bats, so you're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're never no. having this guy on again. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We got to get excited about something here. It's the, it's the weird week it's after February. NBA All-Star, and it is February. Thanks so much, Justin. All right. Well, you know what will get us through February, guys? What's that? I think you have an idea, Dave. Some bats. Betting. Bats.
already. Get ready to bet all off season long with the show crew. Football season is done, but you still have Cavs, college basketball, Guardians starting up, and so much more. You can bet anywhere, but at Tipico, you're going to get the best odds on your favorite Cleveland sports teams and players. You must be 21 years or older to gamble in Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Gab. We have had another week of betting in the books. You and me were together for a good yes. chunk of the weekend. How's it going in the betting universe of Gabriela Cruz? Um, I could always use betting pointers. I could always use... Um, I'm, I'm a real, and I think a lot of people can empathize with this. I'm a real, after the fact, wish I did one thing different kind of Me person <laughs> like the I, hindsight of betting yeah it's always like oh I, I everything lined up except for that one thing well you know so i would like the sun's game right and oh, i yeah, so you put my parlay your... my parlay together i was trying to pay for my son's ticket with the same game parlay from that day i bet it on typico in ohio early thursday morning before i got on the plane flew to phoenix to watch the game and I bet on Mason Plumley, And I found myself somewhere downtown Phoenix in a hotel room at around 1 a.m. asking myself, why did I bet on Mason Plumley?" <laughs> so, yeah, the hindsight of betting is definitely something, something unbelievable. We had that big play boost last week with Evan Mobley and then us to beat Philly. Oh. And Mo Mobley hit over, and, man, we were never close on early beating Philly there. That one was rough we, for me. We got close towards the end. What were we down? We were like down 35 35 and cut it to four. Yeah. We did at the end. That's right. We did at the end. And I was, I was hanging in there just hoping, hoping that would cash out at the end. And I guess that's what makes this legalized betting thing so much fun is you're right there, not only as a Cavs fan, but then also you got a little money on the line. So it adds to it. But unfortunately, in that case, it also added to my misery that evening. That's fair. <laughs> the Cavs come back on Thursday with full force. Yeah, and we'll be full force in studio. Um, you guys missed it. Our Me versus Nugget stream is back. We're going to have yeah. Sir Yacht in studio. We're going to be eating a ton of chicken nuggets. We're going to be doing a giveaway, so go check Big Play social media for that and go enter to win some McDonald's chicken nuggets you can indulge in yourself. All right, let's take a look at that. Let's get into some bets. How many points are we thinking that the Nuggets are going to score on Thursday against the Cavs? Currently, Denver is averaging 117 points per game. We know the Cavs' defensive rating, one of the best, if not the best, in the NBA. The NBA plays so many games that changes every night. But Cavs usually have the best defense in the whole NBA. That's right. But and it's me versus Nuggets. It's me versus so, Nuggets, which always right. adds a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I think Denver knows that or something <laughs> because they always go high. They always bring their A game, it seems, at least the majority of these games. And, and they'll score some score some points. So uh, and kind of make it rough on anybody who's participating. But uh, so I'm, I'm going to take the over on this one, Nick. And then just a refresher, it's. You have to keep up with however many points the Nuggets have in real time. Correct. You could do it in real one time. Nugget. If you remember, no, Quinn. That's not part of the rules, is it? I, I don't think so. Because no. remember the one time Quinn, Quinn beat was doing it. it ahead he jumped a good. I mean, right. it was like we were through the first quarter, and I think he put away like 50 Nuggets. Okay, so he that's gave a good himself strategy. a little cushion. Yes. Right. 
Yeah. Got it. I have some of the prior me versus Nuggets scores pulled, if you would like to hear that. I could backtrack all the way to 2011. Wow. All right, let's backtrack. The last time that these two teams faced was in January this year. The Nuggets scored 121 points in a victory over the Cavs. That's a lot of chicken nuggets. Uh, Last year in March, 116, a little bit more doable. That seems to be about their average of what it'll be around this year. Monday, October 25th. How would you guys like to participate in this one? They only put up 87. Oh. 87 nuggets. When was that? That was October of 2021. Oh. Then let's go to uh, February of 2021. That was the year after Sir Yacht puked in your basement. Yeah, that was a COVID restriction. We couldn't have a (laughs) me first nuggets. Yeah. And And that's when they scored. Also in that COVID restriction year, a little bit earlier, they put up 120. Oof. That's a doozy. We've got a 102. We've got a 103. We've got a 124. Holy cow. So they're kind of all over the place. And it's tough, too, when you got a West Coast team. You only see them one prior time to the second me versus Nuggets of the year. Uh, I'm going to go opposite of Chris, and I'm going to take the under solely wow. to j- just back Sir Yacht because I know he's trying to see this through. He feels really bad that his injury held him back out of the last me versus Nuggets, and I know that he wants to uh, he wants to win this challenge on Thursday, guys. So I'm going to ride with the under because I want to see Joey do it. Now we've Either got way, we've got Nick Weary have, have over 100 Nuggets. Over oh, 100 yeah, Nuggets easy. to do it, easy. Though, right? Yeah, yeah. We've got Nick Weary, who's number four in the world who's going to join the stream on Thursday. And I think this dude can eat like 300 nuggets. Yeah, he could probably eat like 100 a quarter. So we got to like handicap that against, like yeah, against Sir Yacht yeah. versus Nick. Yeah. Yeah. What's Joey's handicap? You think? I don't know. We're going to have to we're going to have to work. Yeah, out. we're going to have to figure out some math. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to text Nick. All right, cool. <laughs> I love the fact that we've been doing me versus nuggets for several years and we've only had like legitimately a couple of winners. So now we bring in like the heavy artillery. We bring in Nick Weary. It's like we've had enough of this. It's like we're putting together the dream team here. We got to get this done. Oh, yeah, we, we're, we got we're, it. We're, yeah, we're beating it this week. So um, when it comes to the actual game, though, <laughs> we talk a little bit about that because we're going to be in here doing a stream throughout the entire game. Uh, who do you guys expect to play well against Nikola Jokic and the number one team out West nice. in the Denver Nuggets? It's going to have to be a lot of, you know, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen to kind of keep Jokic in check if we want to keep this nugget count low. It, I mean, Mobley versus Joel Embiid, if that's any sign or indication, I don't have a great feeling. <laughs> I know that's a it's a big test for Evan. If you kind of put it that way, back-to-back games of some of the best big men in the NBA. But I'll say this. I like the Cavs' chances at home. We talk about it so much on this show. They play so well at home, and they have fresh legs. I mean, if you can't be ready for this game against the top team of the West after All-Star, you got fresh legs. Donovan Mitchell was the only guy out there. I like the Cavs' chances in this one. I think we live bet it. Okay. Like like we live bet money line or we live bet? No, we keep live betting. Just, Just everything? Everything. Oh, throughout the entire game. Okay. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Tie betting into nuggets and just have ourselves a merry old night here at Burke Lakefront Airport. How about this? Um, did you did you guys bet on NBA All-Star last night at all? Or was I the only one? No. I did not. Typical put odds up, like kind of last like not last minute, but yesterday. I bet the over. It it, it cashed. Yeah? Yeah, it felt good. Nice. Yeah, how about, for sure. How Congratulations. About, 
Yeah, good work. That makes up for your uh, son's miss. It doesn't, but thank you. <laughs> How about um, since I'll bring all my bet- betting questions to the table here, can you explain boosts a little bit more and how to maximize your bets utilizing them. For sure. So I think a perfect example, should we run the me versus nuggets example? Yeah, so the, and this needs to be a, a, a part of our betting segment weekly where Gab, a new better, mm-hmm. asks her questions. Yeah, and yeah. the boost ties in perfectly because we do a lot of these because Tipico is cool and lets us kind of run with And I feel like it's one of those things where if you utilize the boost, you can't do other things or how does that work Correct. in so, the app? Yes and no. So, so say there's a big play boost and we're going to put one out there for me versus nuggets on Thursday. Thursday. Um, TBD what that's exactly going to be, but we're going to have a big play boost out there. So say we bet that boost and say it's like the nuggets under, we don't want the nuggets to score a lot of points. So we're going to bet the under. Usually that's minus 110, meaning that if you bet 10 bucks on it, you win like nine. Well, for the big play boost, say you bet 10 bucks on it. Maybe now you win 11, maybe you win 12. It's just a way to make more money on something that you were already going to bet on. But you're right. I think the limitations with the boosts are you can't parlay them. So you can't parlay like a ton of boosts and then just try to like get rich off of five bucks sort of thing. Okay. And by parlay, you mean like making multiple? Yeah, like stack them all together and they all have to hit. But you could bet multiple boosts. They just have to be straight bets and not like parlayed together. So it's like you could bet on the Nuggets boost and then there'll probably be like an Ohio State boost that you could bet on. You could do those individually, but you can't stack them together if that makes sense. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Boost, just just an easy way to to make more money betting on what you were already going to bet on. All right. Yeah, just a little bit more favorable odds. Gab, I think this is the uh, the week we do your first parlay. No, I have done parlays. Uh, oh. Yeah, you did a Super Bowl parlay, <laughs> I did. Right? I did a Super Bowl one, remember? Everything hit except oh, Mahomes' passing right. touchdowns. Yeah, yep. That, and I actually did a parlay when the Browns played the Steelers. But I think I went too ham on that. I had so many things that had to align. <laughs> and obviously the biggest one being the Browns beating the Steelers. And so. <laughs> and here, and we are. here we are. Happy February. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. That's our Big Play Bets presented by Tipico. Go download that Tipico app. Use promo code BIGPLAY. And uh, they are going to hook you up with some free bet credits when you make that first deposit. So bet along with the show crew. Bet on me versus Nuggets. And let's move on into some Cleveland headlines. Cleveland Headlines is brought to you by ShackNews.com. Shack News, your go-to site for video games and more with news, guides, previews, and reviews like this week's featured article reviewing the brand new monster hunting game, Wild Hearts. And remember that you can join in on all the discussions using the Shack News Cortex and subscribing to their Twitch channel. So if you're a gamer, Shack News is the site for you. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at the handle at Shack News and at ShackNews.com. Good stuff, Chris. We talked some spring training with Justin. We talked some rule changes. We talked some guys to look forward to. So we're going to get into our second headline right off rip where the Arizona Cardinals hired Browns quarterback coach Drew Petzing to be their new offensive coordinator. 
Do you guys think that this is a big deal at all? I get that people are kind of arguing the pro Jacoby argument that Jacoby was a top 10 quarterback at times last year and probably Drew Petzing coached him up a little bit, or is this kind of a non-factor of who the QB coach is? That's a good this question. Just hit, this just hit today, didn't it, that I was seeing it? Because I've, I've been out and about. Um, that's... Is this big news? Because I'm not sure, Nick. What no. what was the buzz about with it's, this guy? It's definitely like it seems like it's being treated and covered as big news, but like like it's been picked up everywhere. I mean, NFL Network was reporting on this, and I guess that's because the guy got an offensive coordinator job. So good for Drew, yeah. you know, caught a promotion along the way. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think the Browns should, seven, pro- right? Yeah, yeah. I think they should probably like find somebody that has worked with Deshaun previously or could run something that Deshaun would be fluent in because as much off season Brown's talk that we're going to have, and oh, we're going to have a lot of it of free agency and the draft and the combine. This all really boils down to can Deshaun Watson become Deshaun Watson again? And if you can't find a coach to make him Deshaun Watson again, I don't know what you're after. So I think they probably have to hire uh, a replacement that is familiar with him. And I know his old QB coach yeah. is out there somewhere. Do you think that Deshaun will have a say in that then, in that conversation of when they find that replacement? Or I they wonder. keep him completely I iced wonder. out? He should. Yes. What would, would you yes. include him? I mean, after we paid him all that money and we want him to do well, I would definitely include him and say, you know, who... I yeah. think it's worth the conversation. Are we all in agree, Dave? Do you think you should inc- include him? Yeah, I mean, probably. <laughs> we gotta have this dude work out. Yeah. How much of a say though, Chris, should Deshaun have? Do you think he should be like, "This is the guy that I really like, and we're rolling with it"? Or if there's a guy that he's not so crazy about, does that ax it? Do you think that he could should kind of really control this, especially because it's just a position coach, right? right. Yeah, it's not I th- like I think this, we're overplaying this. Yeah, this I isn't like when Baker fair. hired Freddie, pretty much. I, I think you have his input in two two phases. Number one, when you're putting together the list of people you're talking to, that's just like, hey, is there anybody in particular that you like so that you can bring him in there? And then at the end, when you've whittled it down to two or three, hey, Deshaun, are there any disqualifiers here? Is there somebody in this group that you absolutely cannot work with? I think that's that's the the engagement you need with Deshaun Watson. Past that, you know, I don't have him picking his own guy. I think you still need to do that organizationally, but he still needs to be involved in the process. Absolutely. You look at some of these rumored candidates, um, Baltimore uh, QB coach James Urban, who is friends with Kevin Stefanski. Stefanski tried to hire him before, before uh, Baltimore blocked that. Carolina quarterback coach Sean Ryan, he coached Watson with the Texans. I don't know, though. Carolina QBs. And then Alex Van Pelt could always just do the good old OC slash quarterback coach like he did with Bake Show uh, before Drew Petzing arrived. And obviously that didn't work out that well because Baker broke his shoulder and is now on his way to probably his fourth NFL team. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with all this. If he's lucky. I love we're breaking down the shortlist for QB coaches coaches for the Cleveland Browns. Dave, welcome to February. Happy February 28th. No, it's only the 20th. Good Lord. All right, let's get into our next headline. Kevin Love's contract was officially bought out by the Cavs this week and has signed with the Miami Heat. What a crazy seven days that this has been. He wasn't traded at the deadline. All we heard was Kobe Altman swear up and down that Kevin Love wasn't going anywhere. 
Gab, how will you remember Kevin Love's tenure as a Cleveland Cavalier? Kevin Love, threes from the corner. And um, I will definitely remember the fitting out, fitting in phase. I do remember that, the thick of that. And I think he'll really leave a, a special mark on his, uh, actually his piece in the Players' Tribune, believe it or not, um, with mental health and things like that. I thought that really humanized him, and he actually utilized his platform for a lot of good through that. Um, and then, obviously, the veteran presence he's turned into for the Cavs. Like, I can't believe he's been with us for so long. I know. It's, you know? It, that, it, that's kind of what's crazy is we got Kevin Love in like a blockbuster deal. If you guys remember correctly, it was a little controversial because Andrew Wiggins was thought what? of to be this like Kobe Bryant kind of next superstar type of deal. Oh, and then you yeah. traded him for Kevin Love, who was a fringe MVP candidate. Like you knew he was really good, but you also knew that Andrew Wiggins could be really good. And it was time for the Cavs to win a title. They won a title. Kevin Love survived about a decade of trade room and uh, finally gets bought out and signs with the Heat, who the Cavs will probably play in the first round of the playoffs. So it, it was a roller coaster of a Cleveland tenure for Kevin Love. I would probably say the complete Cleveland athlete where he you know, contributed off the court with his mental health movement, contributed on the floor, won a championship. That zero will be hanging up in the rafters for a long time. And Kevin Love, I hope we sweep you in the playoffs. <laughs> Chris, any K-Love thoughts? Yeah, I mean, ultimately. How about throwing the ball to the other team? Because I know you and me, at the time, that boiled our blood, Chris. We got on the podcast, and we were screaming about that. <laughs> I, I missed that. It it, it kind of cut out. What did you say? When what he, was the beginning when he of that? threw the ball to the other team intentionally in that oh, game yeah. against the Raptors, yeah. and you and me just came unglued. <laughs> and, and just destroyed him. You know, we've had our ups and downs with, with the guy, right? I talked about that game that I took the kids to where he was like standing off by himself and wouldn't go into the player huddles, even though he was in. He checked himself out of game. So we definitely had the lows. But then you had obviously the championship, which is the first thing I'm going to think of when I think of Kevin Love. And then also the redemption story last year with a young team on he, how he took on that veteran leadership role, which nobody really saw coming. And he was a fringe candidate for six man of the year. Um, and then I was talking earlier about this in the car ride back from Holiday Valley with my daughter. And she said, hey, are you guys going to talk about the mental health stuff? And that's something that, you know, I don't think about very much because I'm so on the court and that sort of thing. But certainly he's had a big impact. Everything he did with the Players' Tribune and being so upfront about it to, you know, my daughter's 16, to people of that age, um, to, you know, anybody who's dealing with those kind of mental health issues. Uh, it's nice to see somebody that out there, that that on the front line who's dealing with these type of things when they're NBA players, you know, and they've got success. Well, it doesn't matter about success. So it doesn't matter about what's going on in your life. If you've got things that you're struggling with, it affects everybody. And he was on, on the forefront of bringing that out. So I think that's very important to note, but number one, it's always going to be Kevin Love champion in this town. And he's, he's one of that big three that brought it here. And I'll never forget that. I feel like I can see him holding the trophy on the, floats stuff like that's like such an image that's stapled into my mind i'm glad no. you brought up the lows though <laughs> too chris because um for a long time i kind of didn't really love kevin love because i thought he had sort of an attitude thing going on and i thought it was so bizarre and yeah. um when i really started to become more of a fan of his is when he actually 
was more forthcoming about the mental health stuff because I was like, you know what? I think that's really cool. He could put his ego aside and just talk about that. It humanized him a lot. And then I also, he just became more likable for me. I'm glad he's ending on this note because there were some times in the middle where I was like, what's with this dude? <laughs> like like you said, the standing, standing off to the side or even the way he would treat some reporters. I know, Nick, you have your own story of interviewing the guy. Like he's just so, he's interesting in that capacity. But um, I think he's evolved and grown a lot and just matured as a player and a person. And it was just cool to see his story unfold. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been in Cleveland, what guys, like 10 years. I think mm -hmm. we got him. He was 25. He's 35. You know, definitely it's talking about the back nine of career. He's probably on the last hole of his career with the Miami heat. So again, Kevin best to you. And uh, yeah, I think Spolster is going to be a little bit too intelligent to play in the playoffs against the Cavs. Cause if he does, I, you just put him in a pick and roll with Jared Allen. And yeah, I, I think we know how that turns out. Um, cool. Any final Kevin Love thoughts? <laughs> no, good luck, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that got a chuckle out of Chris. That made me feel good. All right, let's hit it. Gab's new segment, Two Truths and a Lie. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I wondered that. what he put that together. <laughs> Did you see that? Was that your first time seeing that? Chris, yeah, I didn't get to see uh, it. Yet. One more time. <laughs> That's kind of like sassy. Oh, it's so oh, bad. Man, it's so bad. It's incredible. <laughs> it's also really fast. I know. Well, I knew I wasn't. You can have all the time in the world to do that. Um, I just, if you can tell, I just shot that today. Uh, it took Cody and I a whopping four seconds to do, and it turned out marvelous. A lot of thought I, into that. If one. I don't say so myself. Okay, a little bit of trivia for you. Um, I'm gonna start with some dunk contest. Uh, two truths and a lie. So Nate Robinson has the most NBA dunk contest wins. First slam dunk competition award, first champion, Larry Nance Sr. And dunk contest started in 1985. Oh, number three is a lie. Okay. I knew Chris, I, that's why I started with this, because <laughs> I knew Chris was going to get this one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. You Wait. Got when it. did it actually start? Eighty four. Okay. The okay. year that Larry Nance won. Won. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. Good work. Good work. Uh, Transition. <laughs> Kevin Love appeared on the cover of the video game NCAA Basketball '09. Oh, oh he wow! Might have. He was nasty. He he was on the cover, but I don't remember what year. Kevin Love has the third most made three-pointers in Cavs history. It may not be third. Kevin Love's uncle was a founding member of the Beach Boys. That one's true. That one's true. That's true. It's the middle one that's a lie. His three-pointers. Yeah, points. I think so. It's a ranking thing. Where so do you think two. he is? What did you say he was, Third. Gary? You said he was third? Yes. LeBron's one. Price is two. Oh, shoot. Could Kevin Love be three? I'm still saying that because it's a ranking. Yeah, it's a ranking. ranking. I'm still going with the middle lost. one. I don't know where he's ranked, but I know it ain't third. <laughs> All right. There we go. That is correct. Love is yeah. actually second 
Okay. Oh, second. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. Behind LeBron. Mark Price, he actually surpassed Mark Price's third. Wow. Okay. Wow. Do you have the numbers? I'm, I'm curious. Um, let's see. Yes. So, nope, never mind, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Intro. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, I have it, Chris. LeBron has 12.51 three-pointers three made. Love has 10.96, and Price is down at 8.02. Oh, wow. Could you guess number four? Kyrie Irving. Yep, 723. Could you guess number five? Seti Osman. Yeah, okay, you pulled up the list. Okay, you <laughs> Seti Osman. We talked about that I, last show. Yeah, we talked I about guess that the next Boston. one. Guess the next one, though. J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. How about that? It's amazing. You know what it is? The league has changed so much. Yeah. It really has. I mean, DG is so already 10. DG passed up Mo Williams. Wow. Really? Yeah, DG is 10. Where's Booby? Booby is 7. Wow. Yeah, he's right behind JR. Wow. Yeah, the game is just so different now. Danny Ferry's down there. Darius Garland's right behind Danny Ferry. He's going to catch Danny Ferry. I mean, Matthew Dellavedova is 16. Wow. Deli Trade. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. Wow. All right. All right. Channing Fry is 21. All right, proceed. Last one. <laughs> Brad Doherty, yeah. Kyrie Irving, and Mark Price all are tied for the second most all-star selections by a Cavs player behind LeBron. Okay. No Cavs player has ever won the dunk contest, and Larry Nance Jr. is the only Cav to even make the final. Now, now wait a second. That's as a Cav. No one has won the dunk contest as a Cav. Mm -hmm. Clarification. Mm. Clarification there. Because Larry Nance has won the dunk contest, obviously. The first one <laughs> in 1984. Right. Um, that one's tough. You're, you're on to something here. And LeBron was the youngest player to ever win the All-Star Game MVP. I think that one's true. Of all time? By, by the way, can I just yeah. interject here for a second? The last few shows, we've had an alarming amount of Pro Bowl slash All-Star Game talk. <laughs> Just throw that out there. This we'll is cut true. it after this, Chris. I feel like yeah, there's it's not, timely though. Yeah, it's time. I feel mid, like mid July. Less. Mid July, I'm gonna have the same complaint. <laughs> I, I just feel this coming. We threw in a little Kevin Love stuff. There you go. Yeah, we did. We talked Browns QB coach, Chris. What more do you want? <laughs> I mean, that game yesterday. And I'm sorry to take it off track, but I watched a little bit of that game, and oh my god, it's like my kids. Whenever I watch like middle school basketball, if you just roll balls out there and watch them and have no structure at all, that's exactly what that game was. They start shooting three-pointers from half court, and that's all they did at the end of that ball game. And I turned to my son, and I'm like, is this, is this fun for you? And he's like, no, I don't, I don't even like this. So <laughs> I don't know who it's appealing to, but it, it really like resembles it. middle schoolers out there before practice. That's all that is. <laughs> Nick likes it. I kind of like it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Nick. Nick is the demo. He yes, is. Yes. That's it. It's not me. It's not my son. It's Nick. Right in between. It's just kind of fun. 
see him chuck shots. Chucking up three. You just gotta, I think ball. I think I just like dumb myself down to it. You know, like I know going you in, like money th- on it. that's what it is. You had money on it. <laughs> I didn't realize. I checked the app. I didn't realize. I I I didn't find those bets. Dude, I, I think they put them up right after the teams were selected. So I hit that sweet spot. I think that lady was singing the national anthem. I can't remember her name. And I'm on the typical app, and I just smashed that over. Yeah, made a nice thirty bucks. I could have seen myself having a completely different perspective if I saw the over in that thing. It's like, oh yeah, let's go. It was three sixty four right I there. I didn't head. even realize that was out there. Next time you have to share that with the group. And Come then it on, was fun too, Chris, doing the math because now they do that goofy new thing where you play to twenty four yeah. at the end. So I knew the over hit before the game didn't even end because I'm like, they at minimum have to score twenty four more points. So I won my bet oh, regardless. You're already there. Started oh, getting ready yeah, for bed. Yeah. 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 All right, I we rule. need to figure out which one of these is a truth and which one is a lie. I need to reel this back in. I don't even remember what they were. Brad Doherty, Kyrie Irving, okay. and Mark Price all tied for second most all-star selections by a Cavs okay. player behind okay. LeBron. No Cavs player has ever won the dunk contents, contest, and Larry Nance Jr. is the only Cav to even make the final. LeBron was the youngest player to ever win the all-star game MVP. I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick number one. I think there's somebody I'm not thinking of. He's probably in there, behind LeBron. I'm with you there, Chris. Gab, you are correct that this is the oh. falsy, and that it's uh, Doherty stands alone at second. Wow. Oh, there it is. Okay. With five, Mark Price. It was a ranking thing again. Yep, another ranking thing. He's all by himself. Mark Price and Kyrie each have four. LeBron has ten. That would have got me. <laughs> That's well amazing. Chris, do you remember like an taking a <laughs> taking a test like growing up and you you have no idea what yeah. the answer is, but then you just look for that 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 thing where it's like, okay, it's it's definitely this one because <laughs> it's it's the flaw in Gab's his <laughs> in her her uh statements is that we're and we're catching that, on to you. Okay. If I gotta work, reword them or re restructure them. Next week is going to be a big 180, I feel like, in Gab's 2 I know. So you guys don't want to miss that. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Big Play Reflog Show. As always, big thanks to Shaq News. Go check them out, shacknews.com. Big thanks to Labatt. Go drink some Labatt. Go pick up some merch at the Big Play store, and we will see you guys next week. Download that Tipico Sportsbook app. Bet along with the show crew all week, every week. We'll see you on Thursday for Me versus Nuggets. Peace. I knew it. <laughs> it's time. Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio. Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world. The Big Play Reflog Show! Okay, do you need medical attention? Yeah. What, what is wrong? I don't know. I know damn damn well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.